0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. I can't
1: be the same always. I love this song, and I've missed this song almost as much as I've missed you, lovely listener. Hello, welcome back. This is the beginning of, believe it or not, Series 4 of My Mate Bought a Toaster, Avec Moi, Tom Price. That's with me, Tom Price. Uh, So, Episode 1 then, here we go. Today's episode was recorded at the Latitude Festival, very recently indeed, uh, back in July Yeah, alright, not that recently. I've had a very busy summer. I meant to put this out weeks ago, but I've just been doing other things. Sorry, I do still love you, and I want you to listen to this because you're going to love it. Uh, So this is live at the Latitude Festival, in front of a massive audience, which was extremely funny. The fact there were people there was hilarious. Um, and you'll hear us mention it we'll talk about the fact that they were there and the reason why they were there as we crack on with the show Mark Watson is the guest he is someone I've been trying to get on for ages absolutely delighted he joined me uh, and he brought his A-game of course he did and also a massive fly have I listened to this weirdness at the beginning there's always some weirdness before we get things underway Have you seen the size of that fly on my laptop?
2: Yes. Uh, Newsflash, <laughs> there's an enormous insect on Tom's laptop.
1: That is the biggest fly I've ever seen. And
2: that is what? a podcast problem you don't normally get away from Fresh.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's quite weird that there's a, there's a fly the size, I'd say, of a small dog uh, on my laptop. I See if I can flick it off. See if you spot it. Is it flicks off, really. Then again, this is a latitude audience. I don't want to hurt an animal. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'll tell you what, this will be great when people listen back to it.
1: They're going to love this. They're going to love this. Yeah. Uh, let's paint a picture, Mark. Uh, massive fly. I'm going to flick it off, but in a
0: lovely way. So, uh,
2: for those of you listening to this, uh, Price is about to apply a, a firm
1: finger to... <laughs> oh, my God, he's still there. Is. I genuinely think Again, he's... I listeners. think there's an ill fly. I think, Do you know what? I think this fly has taken the first drugs of the festival. I,
2: uh, I don't think you want to get a reputation as someone that menaced an ill fly in the first <laughs> few
1: minutes. This is my first time on stage in front of humans for basically, like, nearly two years. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Now I feel a bit like a competition winner. And I, I, I cannot... I'm genuinely emotional. This is so lovely. It is amazing. This, so thank you. Yeah, it's brilliant.
2: Also, I but... mean, n- no disrespect to you, cos it is a popular podcast, but this is way more people than I thought way when more, you asked way me. Way more.
1: This is what happens when you carefully ask to have your podcast scheduled when there's far call else on. Yeah. <laughs> It's really paid off for you, mate. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That Tom Price podcast is doing well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Yeah, it's doing well when it's the only glass of water in a desert. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hello, welcome to the only podcast that unearths the truth about funny people by going through their Amazon accounts. Welcome to my mate bought a toaster, live from Latitude! (laughs) Wow. There we are, that is the noise there of people all cheering through their masks. Of course. More or less all. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, so we're coming to you from the listening post. Uh, it's pretty much the biggest stage at the Latitude Festival. Um, LAUGHTER and this is the Saturday night headline slot as well that's right Saturday night at latitude thank you that is the voice of Mark Watson who is my guest the introduction to him is coming up but Mark it's worth pointing out we're looking out on a sea of I'd say five six thousand people right now you, you can only liken it yeah, like,
2: yeah yeah there you go it's um it's going to be Like bands, when they headline Glastonbury, they always say they don't know how well it's going because they can't really hear themselves
1: over the crowd. It's going to be one of those. I thought you were going to say it's going to be like Band-Aid for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we'll leave off on those comparisons. (laughs) Like a podcast Band-Aid. So my guest tonight is very brilliant. If you're a fan of stand-up comedy, you already love him. If you're a fan of uh, brilliant novels available to buy here later on. Uh, you already love him. And if you're a fan of guests agreeing to come on the show at the last minute because they were here anyway, you're going to absolutely adore him. I mean, It's Mark Watson, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I, I mean, uh,
2: I've quite literally still got like, my suitcases backstage. I, yeah. I've just arrived on the site now.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I, can, I can vouch for that. Oh, yeah. And I enjoyed the way that you shambled in, as I knew you would. I'm a big fan of the Mark Watson gait. You've got a really nice way of walking. I've always enjoyed that about you.
2: These days, there are some of these uh, comedians are slightly more polished, perhaps. They do yeah. things like look good when they're walking or can use a microphone. Fuck all that. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't like that in 2002, and I'm not
1: like that now. Exactly, exactly. Uh, All right, so, Mark, here's what we're going to do. We're going to dive into your Amazon account. We're going to go back right now. We're going to see the first thing that you ever bought on Amazon. So just to give you some sort of context here, guys, Mark gave me uh, the email address and password that he uses for his Amazon account. I have been looking at it over the last 24 hours. Um, I've reported one or two things to the authorities. Uh, But See, see, that would have been a lot funnier a few years ago, Before comedians did regularly start to get in trouble (laughs) for that, so uh, there was a really uneasy laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was more observational, like, yeah, that does happen, yeah. Uh, But the things I haven't reported are, first of all, the first thing you ever bought on Amazon, here we go. It is... It's Sleepyhead by Mark Billingham. We heard a a wow from the audience there. Wow, it's a crime novel. I would never have thought that of Mark Watson. Uh, So this is uh, one of the Tom Thorne novels. Uh, You bought this in 2003, I believe, Mark. Yeah, the first time I saw Amazon was, though, in about...
2: I think it's 98, my first year at university. So years before I had an account. And um, I can still remember it, because I was looking for um, a not-very-well-known book of short stories... um, for my university work, and I had a geek friend, a, a computer scientist friend, who said, have you... Uh, in those days, no one had the internet in their rooms. He was just a computer... He was a geek. Yeah. Almost the first time I saw the internet. I feel so old saying this to me. <laughs> Some people won't be born in this attempt when the episode... Uh, that I'm describing
1: took place, but it's late 98. And you hear the internet, you don't just see the internet for the first time, you hear it as well. Oh,
2: yeah. It takes well over a day to start the internet up, for a start, at this point. Um, You can
1: smell the internet, the burning rubber in the router.
2: So my mate Tom takes me into his room. First of all, he has to ask everyone else at university to shut down their internet, otherwise it won't work, (laughs) and they can't be on their landlines either. Um... He, he, and it, but eventually, he says, have you, have you ever heard of Amazon? I didn't even know what he meant. I didn't know that it was a website. But yeah, he brought it up, typed in this uh, obscure work. Instantly, it came up. And I said, how, did, how does it know how to... And he said, well, you can do that with any book, basically, that's ever existed. And I thought... I remember saying, if that's true, this, this, is, this Amazon thing's going to be, you know, really big. This is going to go well. And you thought, Mark Billingham. That was probably the time to buy shares. Uh, <laughs> Well the reason I bought this book as my first ever Amazon purchase was that yeah. you'll know Mark Billingham was a stand up yes um who pivoted very successfully into writing through and so I had an ambition to be a an author myself and so there was a lot of talk of like this guy's
1: sort of escaped he's escaped from comedy he's a he's a writer now he's successful so it's not a great sort of uh, indictment for your industry is it when people escape from it that gives that kind of prison vibe Do you know yeah, what I mean? which is He's unfair. free of it
2: I, I love doing stand up and it is I, i'll uh I'll agree with what Tom's already said. It is exhilarating to be in front of this many uh, people again. It's amazing. But, yeah, a lot of the time people become successful at stand-up, they immediately start fantasising about not having to do it anymore. Um, and that wasn't me, but it was the way people talked about it. You do club gigs with, like, quite bitter, sometimes quite washed-up old guys, and they say, yeah, yeah." <laughs> You weren't even old in those days, but the rest <laughs> applies. yeah. And, um, and people would often talk about this guy, Mark Billingham, and say, you know, he doesn't do this anymore. He writes books. He's found out. And they would talk about it with envy. So I thought I should really check this, this guy out. Yeah. Uh, bought the book. Did I read it? Not exactly, no. No.
1: And if it's, worth, it's worth looking at the slug line uh, on the front. He doesn't want you alive. He doesn't want you dead. He wants you somewhere in between. Sort of like a, a murdery bit- version of edging, I think. <laughs> yeah. Whoever this guy is, he's picky,
2: isn't he? I mean, uh, if you don't want me alive or dead, this is going to be fiddly, mate. (laughs) Uh, I've got a a worrying feeling that quite a few of the objects that you will have found in my search history, I won't have ever used, and I probably
1: won't even uh, remember ever having... Great, great. It's going to be a short recording, guys, okay? (laughs) Yeah, I've got no stories. Uh, Let's move on. Uh, So this really... So this, for example, what what the fuck? fuck is that? So this is the Straight Line 64020 Stud Finder. What... What, I mean, there's some ladies out here who look like they yeah. Who hasn't bought a stud, stud finder, for a start? <laughs> what is a stud
2: and finder? It, and if you, if you are a fan of stud finders, you'll know that by far the best model on the market is the, I'll just check, 10503479. Yeah, um, it's a classic. So this, I mean... I, uh, well, I don't know where to start with this, Tom. <laughs> Firstly...
1: Ten minutes on this, please. <laughs>
2: uh, I don't think that stud finder is a phrase that I recognise for a start from my experience of the world so far. Yeah. What it does, you can see for yourself if you've got good eyesight, it quickly locates wood and metal studs in walls. Oh. You know, sometimes it takes you ages to
1: find a stud in a wall and you're furious. <laughs> hang, hang on, let's. De- de- sorry, define what is a stud. I don't know, mate. Like, isn't that. Because it's, so it's not like a metal detector then. Does anyone here know what a stud finder is? Okay, fine. Thank God for
2: that. I'm not the first person in the world to have bought a stud finder.
1: What, what is... Can someone shout out eloquently and quickly and loudly so we get it for the podcast? What? It's so, so you, you don't, don't drill, to into, drill cable. into cables. cables. Okay. Thank you, Vicky. Very good. Very oh, good. Oh, okay. So,
2: it, what I will say is, I don't know how much you people know about me, but the, the likelihood I have ever drilled into a cable or into anything else or owned a drill or know what a <laughs> drill is is very, very low. So, why on earth I bought a stud finder in about 2005, I literally do not know. But I do know why I've bought a lot of things in my life, and it has something to do with what is also in here. So,
1: <laughs> to, uh, to, to be clear, I, sorry, don't, for don't the think... podcast listeners, Whine. <laughs> Don't think because you were wrapping up there I'm going to move on because I'm no, not. No, no, no. I, um, I accept the stud finder best who, conversation. Who, who sort of drinks and Amazon shops their way to a stud finder? That's what I don't understand. Mark Watson, that's who. Do, but, you, do, do you do any DIY? Absolutely
2: not. No, well, why have you got a stud, lock, stud finder I, in? I don't know. I'm the opposite of a person that does DIY. I know in advance that it will go badly, so I just sort of basically wander the streets until I find a, a person who will be able to do it. Uh, so I, I, I don't know what motivated this, and I'm tickled by the idea that it says you could... It rapidly helps you to... Because if, in the unlikely event, I was worried there were studs in a wall, I would just investigate the situation in my own time, I think. I don't think... Unless I'm ever on Taskmaster again, I don't think I'll be uh, trying to find things in a wall against a time limit.
1: So um, I think the best way to... I don't know if anyone else has done this. When you're looking for, to see if there's metal or a wire in a wall you're about to drill into it, let me know if you've done this. You just give it a little knock.
2: No, you think no, that's okay. the best way because you've never owned a deluxe stud finder. Just, you just,
1: you just go me- like...
2: Nah, it's fine. Oh, yeah. You can knock on the walls like some sort of primitive caveman figure. (laughs) Or you can get yourself a lovely, and I'll
1: use the phrase again, stud finder. And that, for some reason, is what I did. Um, Okay, all right. The straight line stud finder. Auto marking button eliminates the need for pens and pencils. That's the
2: thing. Don't you hate it when you're having to constantly use pens and pencils on your walls? Not with a stud finder. (laughs) I'm doing quite a good job, but for someone that doesn't ever remember having owned this... I don't know. Looking at the item on the screen as well, I'm 95% sure that was never in my house. I cannot account for... I have, I have no history with a stud finder. You in know what number.
1: you need if you can't find it? You need a stud finder finder.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, I wouldn't be amazed if the next
1: screenshot was one of those. In there, yeah. <laughs> okay, Let's but find out. rapidly Let's locates a stud finder in your house. Uh, next up, here we go, uh, a bit of C.S. Lewis. That's, no. That's a Thursday night at Latitude. Oi, oi, C.S. Lewis in the house! Um, so this is—he's uh, uh, he's playing on the Sunday, I think. Yeah, that's, he definitely is. Surprised by joy, uh, from uh, you bought this in two thousand and six. Is this the one? Is this about the God bothering? Is this a quite Christian one? Well, he doesn't use the phrase "God bothering himself." Do you? No, sure.
2: Um, but yeah, this is one of a numerous Christian tomes published by uh, C.S. Lewis. Well, you probably all know uh, the the whole Narnia uh, saga is sort of um, what fairly thinly veiled Christian allegory. What? Don't tell me Aslan is Jesus. Of course Aslan's Jesus, mate. Shit! Uh, Just like in the Bible, where Jesus is, famously, a lion. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's all... all, uh, I don't think anyone in a latitude audience needs being uh, brought up to... Most of these people's
1: children are called Aslan. It's fine. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) If we show Aslan, you'll hear the scuttering of them arriving. Hello, Aslan! (laughs) (laughs) I... um the
2: the very least they'll be an edmund or is that that is the name of my youngest son um
1: <laughs> God did you know that
2: a no b <laughs> I, I think it's a perfectly nice name, but I could easily, I could easily have phrased that differently. <laughs> no,
1: uh... Well, no, because Ed, Edmund is in, in The Lion, the Rich and the Wardrobe, right? That's fine, isn't it? That's... Edmund. Oh, yeah, I didn't just say Edmund
2: dismissively, as in, what is his shit name? He's one of the characters in the 90-year books. I didn't just put that
1: out of my hat no, as the I worst you... name. I could think of that really would be it. For a second, I'll be my... So, uh, C.S. Anyway. Lewis, I mean, this is an interesting time to have a discussion about you on a spiritual journey in front of all these people, but d- was this... Well, again, I'll remind you, I didn't here? think that many people would be here. Um, I had
2: a number of friends who were uh, had religious faith in my sort of early to mid-twenties. And um, I was at this sort of stage of my life where I was searching for meaning and whatnot. So I did have a brief... Um, I suppose flirtation is a bit of a weird way to talk about Christianity. I briefly <laughs> saw Jesus. Um, and so in that time, I, I was... But I wasn't... I didn't quite... I couldn't quite get my head... I couldn't really commit, uh, but they were always telling me to read this by C.S. Lewis, read that by C.S. Lewis. Uh, and this is, I think, one of a series of kind of what you might call spiritual autobiography, or something which you wrote, which doubled as a sort of um, idiot's guide to becoming a Christian. So I read quite a lot of those in that time. I'm 25, 26, and... Um, and did, did it work? For a bit, I think I was... in. The thing is, and uh, I, I think I share this probably with quite a few people in this tent I'm not I don't want to die really I don't like the idea of dying I think it's um, a real shame uh, and so um, I'm sorry if that's a controversial point to make uh, but uh, Death, you really split speaking the room, there, I I, yeah, yeah. Of course, there'll be death. Well, actually, at some festivals there'd be loads of fans of yeah, death. Yeah, yeah. But we're not yeah. at Reading now. Like, um, <laughs> you could get booed for slagging off the idea of death and the abyss at Reading Leeds, but this is Latitude, and I think we can all agree that existential angst is a bad feeling. And so, I think um, I made quite a lot of attempts to ward off that feeling in my twenties. By looking at things like, basically, I like the idea of an afterlife. I thought I could definitely get on board with this. If I'm only giving up my Sunday mornings, and in exchange for that, I get eternity, fair play. But actually, when you look into it, it's more than just Sundays. You, um, you have to do all sorts of stuff in the rest of the week as well.
1: That is the thing. There's a lot to live up to. There's a lot of, it turns out they're quite big on rules. Yes, Jesus,
2: uh, very, very generous. Also quite demanding when you sort of dig down into it. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, he wants stuff from you. He but, loves you, but at a price.
2: Uh, but although it's something I've almost never discussed before, I don't think, in public, and certainly not in a... Uh, why not do it now? This why? is like not? an intervention. Why? OK, guys, um, we're ready. Get your Bibles out. God, imagine now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's odd to look back on. I don't remember much about the book, but I do remember... C.S. So yes, is a very uh, enjoyable writer to read, of course, and at the same time, uh, roughly the same time, the Philip Pullman books were quite new still, I think, and those books were written as a kind of you know, backlash to yeah. uh, the nine-year books, obviously. And I had also read those. So to be fair to me, I was keeping a foot in both camps. Um, <laughs> I was interested in God, but I was also, I was at Pullman in my other ear
1: going, come on, mate, no. And um, <laughs> if you put the C.S. Lewis book next to a Philip Pullman book, it's like two magnets. Yeah, that's right. They actually have a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they won't um, So definitely. it
2: was a sort of fairly brief phase, I think. But I was, and I remain really interested. I'm not a Christian, uh, but I do, I'm still very interested in, uh, faiths and religions as a sort of academic subject, which is, again, not something that anyone really knows about me, but there you go. Yeah, okay, good. Um, Nonetheless, I, I am surprised to see this. I don't remember... Like, I can't remember it on my bookshelves. I don't think I still have it now, probably. Right. Um, so that might be a common theme of this as well.
1: That they've got... You don't remember them and that they've gone... You have no the, the things are all...
2: I've had an Amazon account for so long that yeah. many of the items... I don't even remember being in my life. Like the... Uh, right. Right. I already can't remember the name of it. The stud finder.
1: Um, but this is, a good, this is what we like to do on the podcast. We like to remind people that you buy stuff on Amazon, then you forget you ever bought it. So don't fucking bother buying stuff on Amazon. That's kind of uh, the vibe. <laughs> yes, I think... <laughs> what I, I think I do think, here. It, it, it's true. I, I think if we're, if we're talking about uh, the suppositions
2: of the Latitude audience... If this was a pro-Amazon podcast, it would be a a misstep, I think. Yeah. I can't imagine, really, a a less viable place to, to talk approvingly about Amazon. So, yeah, I think Tom's right. I think probably most of my search history displays... Uh, a tendency to pick up useless things, but most people do that on Amazon, don't they?
1: Okay, fine. Well, that's the point, isn't it? Uh, useless yeah. things. I'm probably 90% of the people here have bought their tents that they're staying in tonight on Amazon, so never mind. Um, all right, look, here's a, this is a weird one. So, this is um, The Circus, 1870 to 1950. It's a circus book. How'd you say that word? Triling, trilling, think I, I
2: probably avoid trying to say it.
1: Yeah, no, I haven't. I've crashed straight into it. It's happened. Um, it looks, I mean, it's very expensive, 201 pounds. 42 pence. Uh, What's going on here, please, Mark Watson?
2: Now, uh, this is a slightly niche comedy story, but um, many of you will be familiar with the TV show Taskmaster. I've already mentioned it once. Um, Yeah, Taskmaster is uh, the brainchild of my great friend Alex Horne, as you'll know, and um, unfortunately, uh, it's very successful now, so, you know... Yeah, never like to see that when it's one of your mates.
1: I would um, say he came on this podcast and one of the first things he bought just after the success of that show was a hot tub. I don't know if that helps.
2: Yeah. I've known yeah. Horn
1: for a long time. Only one of us owns a hot tub now.
2: Sure, sure. um, now, not everyone will know this, but Taskmaster devotees might be aware of this. Before it was ever a TV show, Horn it tried the idea as a, a real-life thing where you just got an email every month with a task and none of us knew who was playing. We were all anonymous, about 12 of us. And one month, the task was, send me the biggest thing you can in the post. Um, so this is well before it was TV. It was just, uh, he, he was just trying the idea out. It became an Edinburgh show, and so on. It was years between this, by the way, and the TV show. It's a good example of how you should uh, always persevere. And, um, in fact, Channel 4 nearly bought it. Then it went to Dave, because Channel 4 didn't have the courage. In the end, Channel 4 had to buy it back from Dave for an astonishing amount of money. Um, For football fans, a sort of Paul Pogba situation. Um, (laughs) And by buy it off Dave, I mean, of course, steal it from Dave. Um, Now, I had seen this book in the shops, and it is, and I'm not exaggerating unbelievably big. It, you don't get a sense of it really there. On the screen, it just looks like a sort of large format book, but it's enormous. It's yeah. bigger than, and I don't say it lightly, bigger than that fly that was on Tom's laptop. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I don't say it lightly. But it's, what it's the, is it? it it's, it's, well, I mean, it's about it is, a
1: circus? What yeah, is it?
2: It is actually quite a beautiful illustrated history of the golden age of circus, which is not something that I know anything about or even that interesting. You know, the, like the PJ Barnum era of Victorian showmanship, all this stuff. So it's full of these beautiful pictures of, uh, you know, early trapeze artists, and the days when circus came out, freak shows, and all this business. So kind of fascinating, but I'd never... I didn't own the book. I just flicked through it in a shop. And the reason I flicked through it was because it was the biggest book or thing that I'd seen in my life. And um, So you wouldn't even... Like, you wouldn't buy it in a shop and carry it home. You would need, you'd need four of me to carry it. That's
1: okay, okay. Let's, let's use, you know, we're seeing as we are physically here in the flesh. But yeah. What are we talking about? Is it like this? Is it like how... I
2: say it's like, I don't know how good this is audio-wise. Yeah, that. Um, oh, my God. It's probably, no, it's probably, like, it's not a coffee table. It's bigger than a coffee table book. Oh, my it, God. It's properly, like, if it fell on you, it would kill you. And, Imagine
1: um, being killed by the circus book.
2: would <laughs> oh, be amazing the Most dressed middle, as a clown. Yeah. That's the most middle-class death imaginable, actually. (laughs) Killed by an illustrated history of circus. Um,
1: Aslan! Aslan!
2: So I thought, right... (laughs) I thought, I've seen that in the shop. Uh, I know for a fact that is a huge book. If I send that to Horne, that'll be... um..." But in fact, lots of people were cleverer than me, and they they sent him something like, you know, a tent, a marquee, or something which Uh... was quite easy to post, but would then become huge. So I didn't even win the task, and I did spend... Yeah. I don't think it was a lot less than the 201 pounds that you see there because I was so keen to win. And again, it wasn't money that I really had at the time. Did he not refund? Of course not, no. Outrageous. Um, no, he did. He texted me saying, uh, uh, lovely book and very generous of you. But, um, <laughs> that's it. You did, like three
1: points. Yeah, very, very disappointed. Um, so Alex Horn's an arsehole. Okay, we've established that. Good. Great. <laughs> yeah, I suppose right. I've sort of said that. He owes you money. Around, yeah, that way, yeah, 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 That's okay. No, the rules, I can't remember what did
2: win it, but someone has found a way of of sending something which was quite small in a package but then unfolded in something enormous. I was too literal-minded. I just literally sent a big... um... What it means is that Alex Horn's old address... In fact, this is about two addresses ago. It's still one of my saved addresses uh, on Amazon. And every now and again, I click too quickly and send something to whoever is now living in Alex Horn's old house. And sometimes I cancel it, but sometimes I'm hungover and I don't. um... (laughs) Recently, this is a bit of uh, Amazon-adjacent trivia... Recently, um, I bought a load of board games for kids, for, for my kids, because uh, during lockdown, of course, everyone's going out of their mind. Uh, they were always on their PlayStation and stuff like that. I thought maybe I should reintroduce, uh, board, well, not even yeah. reintroduce. They never really, you know. I thought maybe it's time for these um, technology-addled uh, eleven and seven-year-olds to be introduced to board games.
1: Wait, now, which ones did you go straight away? It's got to be Cluedo or Monopoly, right?
2: Well, I went online and I asked Twitter, "What are these days?" board games that kids like. Right. It turns out things have... Anyway, so there's a, a board game called Ticket to Carcassonne or something. Maybe it's just called Carcassonne. Has anyone um, ever heard of that board game? Quick show of hands. Oh. Carcassonne, yeah. Fans. So it's, uh, Which is a place in France. Oh, right? it's a beautiful citadel. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that I don't think we can get much more latitude than that, Tom.
1: <laughs> yes, Carcassonne is a beautiful citadel. <laughs> Lovely. Great book by Kate Moss called Carcassonne. It's oh, that's right, one.
2: yeah. Also a rugby team, of course.
1: Yes. And, um, Not that Kate Moss,
2: sure. I uh, bought it. Um, but I, was, I bought about four or five board games at the same time. I did uh, the sort of thing that a lot of us will have done in lockdown, of finding a thing which your kids seem to like and panic buying a million of those items. And, um, but for some reason, I clicked too quickly and sent these uh, Carcassonne board game to the flat that I lived in in 2004, and I didn't even notice. But then, uh, and this is a mark of how the world has moved on since those days, I got a tweet from someone Wow. Saying, I don't suppose you used to live in, uh, in this garden flat in Lewisham, did you? Because I've just taken possession of a board game with your name on it. And I moved out of that flat 16 years ago. Um, and the, the guy would have had no chance of doing it. He just must. And also, Mark Watson, not an uncommon name, but he, he stuck his neck out. And, and did you get it back? Did you. No, because I said, Ah, oh, thanks, mate. Um, can you, I mean, can I, what do I do? Do I give you my address? I now live quite a long way from there. And then the guy sent another message saying, Actually, <laughs> this looks quite good. Can I have it? <laughs> and, uh, I, and I didn't know what to do, so I just said, yeah, all right. Uh, and I didn't even buy a replacement, so
1: I just bought that man that I've never met, a board game, for like 30 quid. <laughs> I love That's a brilliant idea. What a sort of modern way of passing on good things. Just go through your Amazon previous addresses and just send them random stuff. Yeah, I've got a seven or eight saved addresses. I've yeah. ran quite a lot. I could just do... Uh, random gifts for these yeah, people there. to they, whoever is there now and then just send them a nice podcast of
2: cards I might this Christmas maybe I'll do a secret Santa to everyone that lives in one of my old addresses. Yes. but literally secret Santa because they'll never understand what happened join me Jez Rose
0: and me Kathy
2: Slack for series three of Roots Wings and Other Things how would you describe the show Jez well I suppose it's partly gardening chat and some veg growing too and cooking
0: and not forgetting the dogs. No, or the celebrity special guests. And probably a bit too much giggling.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's a joyful nature-y, gardening-y show with dogs. Ify. Well, every Friday wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.
1: Let's find out what uh, you have got next, uh, Mark Watson. This is quite weird. Three <laughs> no, metre no. length crime scene. Do not enter. Novelty barrier tape. I so, accept
2: this looks bad. Yes.
1: Um, have you been trying to sort of shut off some roads to deal with traffic problems? No. Why have you? What have you got going on here, please?
2: Uh, you can't see unless you're close to the front, but it does say on the screen. Currently unavailable. We don't know when or if this item will be in stock. So. I think I'm probably the only person to have bought police tape from Amazon because presumably, if you are the police, there's other ways of getting it. They, they can't I be panic buying it hung over at midnight. They, they, it looks real enough, doesn't oh, it, it?
1: You, it? You could put that around a tree in a car and people would stop, which is quite a powerful thing. I'd quite stick a high vis jacket on.
2: Yeah, and I,
1: I, I, now I, th- I think what happened is
2: I don't remember killing anyone. Uh, so, I uh, again, though, I've been drunk a lot. You should
1: look um, under that circus book, then you'll find
2: out. If yeah, anyway. not on purpose. What I think happened is my uh, sisters and parents are into murder mystery parties, that sort of business. I, which, again, I don't know how specific a, a thing this is. Who here has done a, a murder mystery party? It can't be that uncommon. Why a I mean, lot? People are at least aware of the idea. So, you get given a character, you're called, you know, the, the Reverend. Fortescue or something for the night. You have to dress as a vicar. Yeah. It's weird because it's your own parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> my parents and family go in for this quite a lot. So I think, and again, I don't remember the purchase, mm. but I, I can only imagine that one Christmas, which is when these things normally happen, we just went hard for this, and I bought um, some <laughs> police tape. That's the That's at least... The only explanation I can think of which it doesn't
1: cast me in a worrying light. I've never, I've never done one of those. Is it actually any good or it looks pretty excruciating? It looks like a slightly crap Midsummer Murders thing or is it actually fun?
2: I think you've got to really like the people you're doing it with. The it's people you're killing. The people you're killing. Mm-hmm. It's fun within it. Like we did one, maybe the last time it was two years ago, and my dad, who's a very undemonstrative man, was the murder victim. <laughs> so it said on his card something like, start talking about the weather and then die. And um, if your dad is anything like me, it is quite fun to see him say... My dad's a chemistry teacher, he's never had any ambition to be an actor. Um, been very warm, hasn't it? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> right, either this is acting or, he, or the old man really is dying here. Um, so that's the thing. In an atmosphere of trust and love... Yeah. But what you don't want to do, I think, is be invited to one with people you don't know that well, and then the whole night you have to pretend to be an American film director, going, ah, that's weird you said that, because... Yeah. I thought you said... Because that's how it works. You get given a... You have to do an
1: accent. Yeah, but no Uh, one can
2: do them, so you all feel like dicks, which, again, is fine within the family, but you don't want to be meeting someone for the first time, but you're pretending to be an Irish It girl or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: Um, So, yeah, I think, like, a lot of uh, themed parties... Uh, the more you like the people, the more fun it is. I do not recommend going to a murder mystery party if, if you don't
1: really know the other guests. Okay, there's some life advice for <laughs> right here. Okay, fine. Uh, moving on. Oh, lovely, Mark. Lovely. Yes. Yeah, so- You've bought 100 toddler tunes and rhymes. And- now this is, this is Mark Watson. We've seen Mark Watson the murderer. We've seen him be. <laughs> massive book buyer oh nothing Annette. nothing uh,
2: makes you let off a murderer more than when you find out he's once had a toddler yeah <laughs> um.
1: and now now you've bought the toddler tunes dvd this is so, lovely mean, but also probably infuriating because these songs are earworms yeah you'll have been rummaging around in the amazon history
2: uh, obviously and you'll you'll see there's a point about 2010 to 2012 when I stopped buying fun stuff like police tape Or or, uh, basically anything enjoyable. I nearly said some other examples of fun stuff. I won't in the end, Uh, and uh, instead start buying uh, awful things like this. So this was a DVD of, and the clues in the title, no fewer than one hundred toddler tunes. Yeah. And when you when you find something like this, you'll know if you've got kids that your kid takes to, then you'll just stick it on all the time to buy you seven minutes a day of release from your servitude but the trouble is if they get too into it you're hearing these hundred tunes every day for what feels like the rest of your life and multiple times as well so there'll be tunes on there that i will never be able to forget the the other will be playing in my head when i do die
1: oh god a selection of favorite songs and rhymes old and new accompanied by colorful illustrations for children under five okay let's see if the audience sing along as we go includes the wheels on the bus everyone knows the wheels on the bus Sort of funeral dirge there.
2: Well, actually, this is interesting. There's more than one tune being sung here. I think there might be alt versions of The Wheels on the Bus It's like, was like a, a dead clown. The <laughs> yeah, the dead clowns on the bus on go. The bus. go. Um, That's the thing. I tell you what, one thing you learn from that song, a bloody lot happens on the bus. My <laughs> oh, God. It oh, it goes, a, on. It, goes, it goes on. It goes on. If you're singing it in a, You know, some of you will have had toddlers... And you have to take... You don't have to, but for, for idiotic reasons, you take them to a singing group where you all have to sing these oh songs while God. bobbing... the and, then, and the wheel's on the bus, Christ almighty, you just think it's over, you've done 37 verses, and yeah. then some mum called something like Chloe, and by something like, I mean almost certainly Chloe, <laughs> says, oh, what about the, the number plate of the bus goes A, B, 4, 5, and then you all have to fucking do that. <laughs> I, Some of my darkest moments of early parenthood were going to a singing group where, for a start, I was often the only dad, so everyone else is a mum and they can normally all sing. And then, it's fine if it's the wheels on the bus or something, you know, but sometimes there's some song called, like, I, was, I went on a pirate ship, and there's, again, 19 verses, and you're like, what the hell is this? And there's
1: this? just one bass voice in the room. But, uh, yeah, blah, blah, and they, all ooh, the rest of them are going,
2: and when we were pirates? Because they come every bloody <laughs> week, but you're new. So you're like, right, I don't know this pirate thing. I've got the only man's voice. I'm in enormous trouble here. And your kid every now and again
1: glances up at you and just say, why is Daddy not singing? Is Daddy an outcast in this group? <laughs> My Daddy must hate me. Um, the Grand Old Duke of York, are we fans of that one? there'll be no one that hasn't suffered that or something not great I tell you what these guys guys at the
2: front seem as if they've been in
1: Latitude longer than just Thursday I would would really love it if the first song of Latitude 2021 was an audience singing the Grand Old Duke of York it's amazing you won't get Supergrass playing that I'll be
2: surprised (laughs) there's a hole in my bucket now this isn't
1: that is a favourite
2: I tell you what these guys absolutely got everything in their repertoire very nice. Let's, can we find more? Can we really stretch these people? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, Polly put the kettle on. Oh, that's no challenge for them. <laughs> it's amazing because they're singing it. They're, like, chanting
1: like football fans, but the songs are all toddlers' nursery rhymes. Yeah. Three blind boys, <laughs> la, la, la. And many more. That's it. You've done it. Well done. You've sung all the ones on the list. Uh, so that is... Oh, shame. Uh, to them. They you were could, looking. I could just do a podcast for where we sing kids' songs. I'm well up for that. A uh, hundred favourite toddler tunes. Well, by virtue of that, there's got to be ninety-four more. Strap in. <laughs> Some good reviews here. Ideal for young toddlers. Ideal for young toddlers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'd be surprised if any adults were really getting down to it. To be fair,
1: there's a lot of gr- people buying it for their grandkids. Bought it for my granddaughter before her first birthday. She loves it. Uh, Julie says I bought this DVD a couple of years ago for my grandson who loved it. And then Look at this. Look at this one. Look at this. Three stars. Too fast. Bought it for my one one year old.
2: One year old. Simple animation. It's yeah. of course, simple animation. Especially a fetus that's watching this, right? <laughs> which is great but definitely too quick to be able to appreciate and teach traditional rhymes. not too quick, your kid is thick. What's the matter with you? You don't buy it to teach traditional rhymes, you do it so you can do the fucking washing up, you maniac. Believable. You do it so you can maybe have a wee for once in your life. Uh,
1: This is good, look at it, Paul Ross has been on. my God, Paul (laughs) Ross. Jonathan Ross's brother is angry with the DVD. (laughs) Do you want to know a true story about Paul Ross? you know who Paul Ross is, Jonathan Ross's brother? Absolutely true. Paul Ross's outgoing voicemail is. This, this is true. You know this, this is true. Most comedians know this. Yeah. Uh, Hi, it's Paul Ross. I'll do it. <laughs> true story. Um, this is an amazing thing. Can you do it in Paul Ross's voice, is the question. Was not happy with it.
2: Um, <laughs> no, I don't think I can. It's been a long time since I saw or thought about Paul Ross, to be fair. Um, <laughs> I have met him. Was not happy with it. When it came, it had a £1.0 sticker at the front of the cover, and they charged me £2.44. Oh. For D- and £1.26 for posting a DVD. Oh. It all scratched. So that guy's having an unsatisfactory... We were talking about this before we came on. Hang on, he's missed out the bit about my brother being much more successful than me. That's not... <laughs> yeah, also not happy in general. Signed, Paul Ross. It, um, <laughs> we were talking about this before we started the actual podcast. It's amazing. I mean... That one star is a bit unfair to the manufacturers who put 100 things on a DVD, because it's beyond their control that someone has said... But you get this all the time. You'll see a re- review of something like uh, Homer's Odyssey or The Complete Works of Shakespeare, like, two stars, one page missing. <laughs> and you're like, Shakespeare can't do a lot about that pal. <laughs> That's,
1: think of the guy's average. Arrived late. He's 600 years late. <laughs> um, all right, let's look at the next one. OK, uh, Mark. OK, fine. Like, for the, for the benefit of you listening at home, Mark has bought some deluxe folding handcuffs. Of course, deluxe. Do I look like a peasant? <laughs> I don't know what costume you were wearing, maybe. Do I seem like... <laughs> that was, do I
2: seem like I would get budget folding handcuffs?
1: No. <laughs> um, no. Nah, nah. This is the first time we've caught Mark Watson stuck. <laughs>
2: Look, we've all got kinks, but being handcuffed is not mine because it seems extremely inconvenient, and I don't generally get off on having a more inconvenient life than I would be if I wasn't having sex. So, um, exactly what happened here. I don't think I'd ever have a kink which involved just being in a troublesome situation, basically, because a lot of my life is that. Um,
1: <laughs> It'd be a great kink, though, if you are already turned on by troublesome situations. <laughs> that
2: would be a great kink, yeah. The car's broken down. Oh, my train's oh. been cancelled. I like it, though. Uh, <laughs> It would arguably be the best kink you could possibly have because you'd be turned on many times a day. Oh, ah, you'd get thrown off the bus replacement hell,
1: service so i got to pay my
2: credit card bill. Hang on. Um, <laughs> no, I. Um, what I'm going to claim, obviously, is that this went along with the police tape and this is another thing that was part of the... But I don't know how plausible that is because you... You can imagine having police tape at a murder mystery party. You don't normally actually handcuff the culprit and take them to a prison. Um, Especially when you're playing with your mum. Right, mum? You pop those on? That's very weird. Well, um, everyone's my mum is in the equation, though, this is the only explanation that I can really stomach.
1: Particularly enjoyable are the reviews of the handcuffs, if we scroll down. Obviously, there's a lot of um, AQAs as well. Uh, Mark, if you want to take some of these. Are these real or toys? According to this guy, they are real. They
2: are real handcuffs. So you do... I, I've got to, I've got to, i couldn't to say I've got to hold my hands up but you can't of course in that situation um, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that a bit, of fun. A bit of fun Handcuff ad lib It's Thursday night of latitude and we're still brushing. lovely stuff You bit can't of of write fun. that stuff Most of that cheer came from those guys down there who also said. Oh my god Hang and on sorry guys,
1: Look at this image of the person wearing it I feel very ill
2: I nice. mean <laughs> you do start to ask yourself why, whether I did buy these for a
1: party because there's no doubt these are real handcuffs like I'm, so there's a, a, a white, tattooed, hairy hand. I'm thinking it's a man's hand. Um, and it just looks—it looks, I don't know, it looks I, like evidence, basically.
2: I've got to admit, looking at these, looking at this item, these don't look like handcuffs that you'd have fun with. It looks like I actually did try to start my own police force or something.
1: Um, okay, to begin a review from G Morgan. Now, this, this review
2: is quite something by the look of it.
1: Arrived in a thin cardboard box, but <laughs> handcuffs have a good weight to them and keys were of a standard design. Checked both keys worked on both locks. So quickly, the keys were of standard design. is amazing. This isn't the guy's <laughs> first time buying handcuffs. Worked well for the first two occasions. Third, disaster. <laughs> One key shredded and snapped whilst trying to free her. And I, I just remind you again,
2: this is another person's user review. This is sure.
1: nothing to do with me. All right, G. Morgan Watson. <laughs> I even read instructions where it states no excessive force to be used when turning the key. Thank God I had a hacksaw and the other spare key unlocked. A handcuff. This is amazing stuff. It,
2: in terms of items that could have the review, great to begin with, and then two stars. You don't want it to be handcuffed, I don't think. You want them to be working throughout the experience. <laughs> My God. Look at these. Imagine writing... A sentence like "Thankfully, I had a hack, so I was able to free her." Right, send. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just put that on the world's most popular website, I reckon. Did you leave your name on it, darling? Of course I didn't. Oh fuck. Yes, I did. G. Morgan. Uh, By the way, I could be lying about this, but I'm not. Oh, this is Uh, good. It occurs to me that I know someone called G. Morgan. Oh come on! It can't be him. But But does he live
1: at a former address?
2: I'm just picturing him doing
1: that, and I don't find it impossible. Carol. Uh, Switch says good for price, but could be better. Could Pretty be better. good handcuffs. This is also bought 9th of May 2021 during lockdown. As if you're not already restricted enough. <laughs> yeah, who is handcuffing themselves oh, during lockdown? Might as well lop a leg off as well. i am done with it. Had to knock off a couple of stars though, as the safety locks have come a little loose and accidentally tightened them painfully when trying them once. I have only worn them casually for short periods. That's. I don't think handcuffs
2: are casual wear, are they? You're thinking of a polo shirt, mate.
1: And then, and then there's <laughs> one in Italian. you were handcuffs
2: casually. They're the least casual item it's imp- <laughs> possible to think of. They literally incarcerate you.
1: Well, those uh, Yeah, these are leisure handcuffs. Yeah, no big deal.
2: <laughs> yeah. The um, right. dress code is smart casual, <laughs> so maybe loafers, handcuffs.
1: All right, moving on from the handcuffs then. Uh, look at these, Mark. Thank God this is a little bit more wholesome, or is it? What is he doing <laughs> with these, you might wonder? Um, uh, so Mark has bought uh, 450 grams of colourful glass marbles, $11.99. Um, lovely marbles, Mark. I mean, what more is there to say about marbles? Let's see.
2: I think this is a textbook divorced dad purchase. Um, this is... Uh, I'm, I'm fine now, but I was divorced some years ago. There's a period where uh, I was, you know... You, I had uh, quite a lot of guilt and stuff and was trying to prove I was still fun. Things which you might have gone through if you've ever had a separation. And so in that period, if the kids showed an inkling they were into absolutely anything, I would jump on it. So there was just one day when they came back and my son, had, had, uh, a kid at school, had given him a couple of marbles. He'd been playing marbles. And so immediately I said, oh, what, you like marbles? Let's buy all the marbles in the world. <laughs> and so I went on and bought this um, a set of... Uh, an immense number of marbles... And they came, they looked lovely in the bag, they made that satisfying rattling noise in the bag like the balls for the FA Cup draw. Were they ever played with? I don't know if they even ever came out of the bag because they took two or three weeks to arrive and of course, by that point, my son was no longer interested in marbles because of course it is not, 1958.
1: um, (laughs) Fickle prick, If you were to go into my,
2: as you have, browsing history, you'll find other clear examples of times I've bought something desperately trying to surf
1: the approval of my kids and you'll be able to guess that uh, you know it, it does give you the sort of air of a, a coked up father, at Amazon. I've done the same thing myself as well. Jenga, you have seen Jenga, Jenga YouTube video, and then a day later, I've got you the Jenga, and yeah, they yeah. just look at you like who about if we arm. had a hundred Jenga
0: sets.
2: Yeah, 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 un- completely untouched, and never a, touched. A, as you say, kids uh, now are exposed to an enormous amount of stuff very quickly. So kids will do stuff like watch the thing on YouTube, say, This looks fun, yeah. you go for it. You, I bought a um I bought a board game that was a favourite of mine from the 80s as part of this board games for the kids promotional drive that I did during lockdown, uh, and it was um, as a football-based game. You, you know, you, you can imagine the sort of thing. You buy players. You have, a bit like Monopoly or something. There's money involved. Uh, but it was made in the 70s, so the amounts, like with Monopoly, are all laughable. <laughs> it's like, right, you can buy a football club, £50. And, um... But the main thing that struck me was I bloody loved that game when I was in... When I was in it was the 80s. There wasn't as much... There were four channels. And... Um, Playing it back, my son and daughter were very patient. They were like, right, you've won the game, so you receive £120 from, from the gate receipts. And basically, I did think, ah, this is really boring. Like, <laughs> I still like it, but if I was a kid, I was thinking, this is like 90% admin, this game. <laughs> the way that you win money is so complicated that you're like, hang on, you've won the match, so you get £250, she gets £175, you lose one of your midfielders. Even as I was doing, and I'd prefaced it by going, this game... When I was a kid, this is all we ever played. This game's bloody amazing. Half an hour in, I thought, yeah, I'll
1: stick the PlayStation on, to be fair. It's, it's just fantasy football with cards, basically, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I I, I, people always try and get me to join fantasy football teams, but it's pure admin, fantasy football. That's all you're doing is shuffling people around. I'm not the person to talk to you, because I'm
2: in a very competitive
1: fantasy football league. You are literally the person to talk to you. What on earth are you doing with your life? Uh, what if I told you not only do I
2: run a fantasy football league, but I publish a quite good weekly newsletter? <laughs> Literally uh, do admin on top of the admin. I don't know who's admin. There's only 38 weeks in the season. Carry on. (laughs) This is not a joke. I write a newsletter. It is full of puns and stuff. Each one takes me an hour. At the end, they're compiled into a volume that size. I spend, I'd say, 10 hours of my week thinking about it. But then I'm always thinking about football anyway, so it sort of doesn't matter. But yeah, the point is, things like fantasy football are great for a digital age. Board games about football are not very exciting. And this one, as I said, it was weird doing it. It's not the first time. You'll have all had the experience of showing the kids a film and being like, honestly, when I was your age, and then half an hour in, you're like, ah, not good, though, is it? (laughs) Sometimes it is. Sometimes they love it. But other times, you see it through the kids' eyes and think, yeah, I don't know, actually. Yeah,
1: it's not aged well. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's uh, Just because, of course, your memories of how much you enjoyed something at nine do not necessarily tally with what a nine-year-old, or even, you know, a lot of those memories are just
1: nostalgia-drenched anyway. I'm really enjoying watching you work out that you're now an adult. It's a lovely thing. It's a lovely more thing. More than, mate. I'm uh, I'm in my late 30s, 41. Talking of which, it is getting late on in the show, and we are getting to the final item that I've yeah. brought out of your Amazon purchase history. And Anyway, this is more proof that you are definitely an adult. This is the most adult thing and not in the sense of handcuffs. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like the sound Adult. of that preview, to be honest. Uh, this is a very grown-up thing that you bought. Oh, look at them. Look at their beauty. Some Spear and Jackson, Kew Gardens. <laughs> uh, Razor-sharp, ergo-twist, ratchet, anvil, get-to-the-end, secateurs. There we but, go. Uh, sort of, <laughs> yeah, but again... It's like the Generation game? I love it. <laughs> uh,
2: by now, a lot of you will have guessed what's coming. I've never seen those. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't remember it. I don't... Again, I, do I look like I would do... Well, it is fake news, yeah. Most of my Amazon history appears to be fake news. I've got... I don't... I don't do gardening. I wouldn't know what to do with a pair of secateurs. Right. If you'd asked me to draw a pair of secateurs without looking at that, I would. I'd, I'd, I would come up with something that look more like a hippo I reckon so uh, once again you have to ask yourself what are these doing in my Amazon history and I don't have an answer
1: uh, they're, they're vicious as well secateurs they're very sharp my grandmother cut the tip of her finger off with secateurs and I'm still scared of them yeah. looking at them now they're I, horrifying well
2: I can only think I must have gone out to try and maim someone's grandmother but that's not very on <laughs> brand for me and again I must have been I'd have to be quite drunk to do that that isn't that's not who I am.
1: You love a publicity stunt in between doing your fanzines for your fantasy football.
2: Yeah, but A, the, the, that isn't a publicity stunt because only seven people are involved, so only <laughs> seven people will ever read that. And B, I don't think killing someone is seen as a good publicity stunt these days. It All used to work when there wasn't as much net, like Netflix and stuff on. Kinds. So yeah, I can't account for the secateurs, nor for the handcuffs, nor for most of this stuff. I can only say, again, I've had a long Amazon history like many of us, <laughs> and I've also had a long history of making regrettable decisions and of drinking. And that drinking history... We'll have a new chapter over the next two days, I can assure you. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: Mark Watson!
0: <laughs>
1: and just like that, my mate Bottle Toaster is back in town. Uh, sort of, in your ears. Back on your ears, lovely listeners. Did you enjoy that? Let me know, at Pods. Give me some, you know, meaning. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Tell your friends, write a review, subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> Don't do any of those things. Just keep enjoying the show. That's all that really matters. Although, on Patreon, sorry to have a Patreon rant. Just forgive me a Patreon rant. The episode's over. You can go now if you want. I'll understand. Uh, But I'm going to put loads of episodes up on Patreon, uh, and all tiers will be able to access all the episodes. So I think the lowest tier is only three quid. So if you jump on there, chuck us three quid, then you're going to be able to get early access and ad-free access to a whole bunch of episodes, uh, which is going to happen very soon, as soon as I start doing some work and stop playing quite so much golf Um, at ToasterPod on Twitter if you want to say hi Um, next week I've got a few ready to go I've got Andy Peters which is amazing and I've got Jason Manford who's wonderful as well but I've do you know what I think I might drop Jenny Ryan next week I think you'll enjoy a bit of Jenny Ryan Um, so off of the chase yeah she's brilliant so maybe a bit of Jenny Ryan next week Um, anyway listen thanks very much good to have you back good to be good to be back in your earbuds or however you consume this uh, podcast. And uh, we'll see you next Wednesday morning, bright and early. All the best. I
0: can't be the same always.
2: I still love you, baby. I don't want you by the rest of my day.
1: I want, never say we're through.
0: I want, never say we're through. Great big owl.
1: Roger, Roger, listen,
2: listen carefully. There's two bumper episodes coming out, but that's just the order. of. There's eight more, Roger, eight of them. People might hear them, Roger. I'm going to lie low. I think you should too. Brian and Roger are back. Two brand new episodes and a whole new series wherever you get your podcasts. And see Brian and Roger live at the London Podcast Festival and the Menier
0: Chocolate Factory in a whole new stage show. Check websites for ticket details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen